Hey guys, it's Anvi and welcome back to another episode of Art with Anvi. We went on a brief hiatus, but we're back and ready to roll. Art is generally not given a lot of importance in school, whether it's dance, music, or studio art. None of the art majors are listed as one of the popular majors amongst college students. As we continue with this journey, I'm interested in discovering more about the interdependency of art and mental health. I hope that speaking to some accomplished artists about how they incorporate art into their lives will inspire us all to include art in our lives as well. I'm so thrilled to introduce our guest for this episode, Suthi Iyer. Suthi is a sophomore at the University of Pittsburgh and a guaranteed admit to its Met School. She's a trained Bharatanatyam dancer of 15 years from the Nrithyanjali School of Dance in Virginia. During this time, she performed at over 150 shows and competitions. Suthi competed her Arangetram, a major milestone in Indian classical dance, in September 2016. She also used dance to raise nearly $45,000 for the K-12 education of underserved students in India. At Pitt, she is a business manager and member of the city's premier Indian classical team, Rithyamala. Suthi is a strong believer in pursuing passions beyond the realm of academics and is also a published poet in multiple journals. Let's get started. So, hey, Stussy, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well. So this is our first time meeting, but I've heard so much about your accomplishments and I'm really excited to hear more. Are we ready to dive into the first segment? Let's get started. (laughs) Awesome, so we'll start off with the rapid fire round. The first question is, who are your favorite choreographers? Um, I've got to say Janaki Rangarajan and and Shrikant. What are your favorite dance moves? Uh, like in all of its variations. What are the authors and poets that you're most inspired by? Um, they're all black poets. Um, Tyrone Williams, Julie Patton, and Tozake Shange. And um, I also like Rainbow Rowell, who's like a, a teen romance author. And what are the pieces of literature that you're most fond of? Howl, which is by Tyrone Williams, A Wreath for Emmett Till, um, Eleanor and Park, and then If I Can Cook, You Know God Can. Who are your biggest mentors for dance? Definitely my guru, um, Srimati Shanti Ashok, and um, my dancing captains. <laughs> and lastly, what is your favorite genre of dance? Birth Matthew, for sure. First of all, I'm a Catholic dancer, so I really appreciate all Indian dance forms. They really portray an entire story just through their elegance and facial expressions. I haven't really read any of the authors or works that you've mentioned, but I will definitely add that to my to-be-read list. All right, so let's move on to the main questions now. First question. So you have a few passions, Bharatanatyam, poetry, and medicine. Could you walk us through how you got started with each of them? Yeah, sure. Um, so with regards to dance, um, like from when I was really little, I was dancing a lot for cultural events, um, like on old Bollywood songs or um, doing folk dances like Bhangra. So my mom thought like, why not put me in Indian classical dance? And my mom also learned Bharatanatyam as a kid. Um, and at the same time, like my friend's mom, who was actually helping to choreograph a lot of the dances for our cultural events. Um, she was actually starting a Bharatanatyam Dance Academy. So it worked out like pretty well. 
Um, and I also ended up sticking with the friends I was doing. Um, I was dancing with at these cultural events, going into this new style. And we continued doing that while we were learning classical dance. Um, so that's a little bit of like the dance side. And we we had this name for at our cultural events. Like we were called the Awesome Four. And we've stuck together like through co until college. Um, so like I very much cherish that group. Um, and then I also made a lot of new friends like when I went into um, learning classical dance as well. Um, and then like with poetry, I think like we all learned it in school at some point. So I'd say it was introduced to me in second grade. Um, and at that time we were just learning how to write like very basic forms, haikus, limericks. Um, they were like, they're really funny looking back at them um, and also very bad. But uh, I think that experience jump started me to like get into inventing different forms of poetry um, as in like the structure of the poem. And this was like every year we had a poetry unit in English. And then that led me to wanting to make meaningful poetry, not just like the experimentation of form as I grew older. Um, and then at the same time, I'd say like when I received praise, it just made me want to write more. And since then, I've always written whenever I was in like that frame of mind. Um, and in college, it's it's become like a slightly more um, mature passion, but I'll get into that later, I think. Um, and then finally, medicine. Um, it's really hard to say how this interest started, but as a child, I like always have, well, since I was a child, I always wanted to be a doctor. At first it was like being a vet because I was absolutely obsessed with animals and especially dogs. Um, and then that evolved to being a pediatrician. And I, and I think it's a thing that a lot of kids like role play when they're a child. Um, but then like with, alongside that, I have like this growing passion for STEM or STEAM um and a desire to have like a job that was centered on service um and so that really guided me towards healthcare and then from there it was just a lot of shadowing volunteering in clinical settings um, and research and all those experiences really convinced me that i wanted that leadership role of being a physician rather than um, being a nurse or a pa um, and really being directly responsible for patient outcomes so that's really like the three different paths <laughs> into those passions. I really love your journey. It's so artistic and I love how creative and passionate you are. I also just appreciate how you were able to combine your artistic passions with STEM and manage to excel in both fields. So moving on to our second question, how has Barth Natam helped you connect with your culture? So Barth Natam as a dance form it includes like physicality, of course, but there's also elements of drama. Um, and like specifically with regards to drama, we often enact stories from Indian mythology. And I feel like you do that as well. Um, and there's like a real need to understand the sequence of events in these stories, um, but also more deeply to portray the emotions of the characters successfully. Um, and I think you, you touched on that before as well. Um, and a lot of these stories closely tie to the, the festivals we celebrate as um, Hindus or Indians. And at the same time, um, the characters of these stories are often like gods or demigods. So the dances we do um, also have devotional elements. Um, 
And so like the fact a lot of the festivals we celebrate are not only like Indian, but also Hindu and, and religious in context. So I'd say like there is both a connection to religion and culture through dance. Um, and I just wanted to highlight like, I don't really think that those can be separated in, in the context of Bharatanatyam. And I also just think like another way that this dance form helps me connect with my culture is just um, being with other Indian dancers during this learning process. Um, a lot of times like that connection and collaboration um, helps us also connect with our culture. And then finally, I'd say like the dance form is taught by my guru, like in our mother tongue Tamil. So that's another way I feel that cultural connection and I can obviously like improve my conversation. Um, and then also like the music um, may be in Tamil and that's another way that um, I have to like understand what the meaning is behind the lyrics and attempt to show that like via the choreography. So, yeah. I can definitely relate to your experience with Barth Nottam since with Kathak, I also use that as an avenue for me to channel and learn more about my roots and culture. So moving on to the next question, you also just completed your R&D term for Bharatanatyam, which is a huge accomplishment, which means that you've definitely had some experience performing. What would you say are the biggest lessons you've taken away from dance? So it's really like one big thing, and I'd say it's honestly kind of obvious, but but I think it's I found it especially important to my growth, um, and it's really that you never can stop improving. Um, and I think this was like really crucial to the r and process. Um, it took nearly a year to learn all of the choreography and keep the energy up for such a long, like three hour long show. Um, but what was even more important was performing every step and expression um, as best as possible. So that took like my dance teacher, my dance partner, um, my friend and my mom, like critiquing me constantly. Um, but it also took like watching other dancers perform live um, or online. So I attended other r drums. I watched a lot of videos, especially when it came to like my pure Abhinaya or pure like expression drama piece. Um, it was just like seeing how they conveyed disgust, for example, in different nuanced ways. Like if a whole section was just focused on that emotion, that helped me emote better and and have that like that natural variation um, in my face. Um, or even like in the pure dance or nurtha sections, like seeing where they took a breath or let their legs rest for like a really brief moment, that helped me put my energy like into the right places. So I think those were like, I think a lot of it is learning from others as well, um, but then also having personal critiques and those coming from like uh, teachers or other just like audience members um, and even now I keep the mindset that like I'm still not doing this step as well as I can or that expression as well as I can and I think that's like the goal is just like to have some level of humility um, so that you can constantly better yourself. It must be such a great feeling to see all your years of hard work and dedication coming to fruition. I haven't reached that stage with Katha quite yet but I can just imagine what a great feeling that is. It is a once in a lifetime experience and achievement, especially during your sophomore year of high school when there's so many other activities happening. Yeah, I did it my like sophomore year. Um, so 
I don't think freshman year was like as crazy, but then you have to start dancing during that year and go through the summer. So I think that's a lot. And then, um, I mean, it's not to say like once the iron gate comes over, the journey's over. Cause like I still am learning and I think I've actually improved more since the iron gate room. But I think it was like that important. It was an important milestone. Yeah, that's, that's really great. Moving on to the next question. What type of poetry have you published and where do you get your inspiration from? Okay, um, so when I was little, I wrote in like a variety of forms or experimented with forms as I mentioned before. Um, and then I like went reverse-ish for a bit, like stopped trying to have a rhyme scheme or um, any sense of meter just to like get across some content. Um, and then in college, actually went back to experimenting with form so I kind of came full circle um and I spent a lot of time mimicking the forms of poets that I admire um and also doing some multimedia work like um there's a poet named Sonia Sanchez um and she does a lot of like spoken word poetry um and it's like an experimental process she'll just have a bunch of different books and magazines um and she'll just choose words as she goes flips through the pages um and comes up with something incredible so i experimented a lot with with that sort of um test um and then i i think another poet i mentioned before tyrone williams um in his book howl he uses a lot of like famous quotes interspersed in his poems or he puts a poem in a grid um so it was just like I'd say that was kind of the flow of like how my, how the type of poetry has kind of changed, but I wouldn't necessarily be able to say like if there was a single genre because I write a lot from like personal experience. Um, but I'll get into like where I've been published and then I'll like come back to talking a little bit about like the content. Um, but in middle and high school, I submitted a lot of work to small magazines um, for for my, my age group. Um, so I submitted to like Teen Inc, Creative Communications. Um, like I won an honorable mention in the Scholastic Writing Competition for a couple poems. And then just before college, um, my mom actually decided to like give me a graduation gift and she compiled like all my poetry since I was a kid um, and created like a book for me. Um, and that really shows my evolution as a poet in it and it, it's also funny because that's where I was like mentioning I was looking back at old poetry and laughing at it um but it's titled Effervescence um and we like made it both an ebook and um a, a paperback so it, it's like a really nice memento um but also it's it's something that I've published and a work I thought of sharing and then I've also been published in college um in the Better Than Starbucks magazine and the Big Windows Review um, and on the International Human Rights Art Festival website, um, which is, it, it's, it's been frequented by quite a few people. So I've been really excited about that. Um, and it's, I think that's the transition from high school to college when I started submitting to journals and reviews um, with the hopes that once I got some pieces um, accepted, then I could work on like a larger work and get it published by like an actual publisher. Um, and then in terms of like the content, all of this work comes from personal experiences or stories I've heard um, from people close to me that have evoked some sort of um, emotion in me. So like, for example, one of my poems is about my chemistry teacher who was super angry at 
the government for the Three Mile Island, Three Mile Island accident um, because it ended up killing his mother. And so I actually wrote a poem like in his perspective um, and also mimicking the form of, of a poet I um, like I'm inspired by. Um, another example would be like I wrote about my distant family members uh, like dowry dowry killing um, it was like a very shocking thing to learn especially so late in life like my mom only told me about this a couple years ago so that's something I also um, found evoked that like strong emotion in me and I wrote about that and then I'd say like recently a lot of my work has been social justice oriented um, and I find this important because it makes the mark beyond poetry just being a way for me to express myself. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like a jumbled answer, but I don't I don't necessarily have one type of poetry, but I do experiment with form. Um, I think a lot of my inspiration comes from personal experience or like other people who are important to me in my life. And um, I've been trying to like get uh, like more viewership of my poetry by going to like higher impact journals over the years. I would definitely love to read some of the things you've written. They sound great. I'm a poetry fanatic myself and lately I've been indulging in poets like Rupi Carr. So how have you engaged with your passions in college? Um, so I'm on a dance team in college. It's called Rinthiamala. Um, and it's an Indian classical dance team. We don't just learn Bharatanatyam, we also incorporate elements of Kuchipudi and Kathak. Um, and we learn about four pieces a year, so that's like a really great way to engage with this passion. Um, and we end up performing um, at venues in Pittsburgh, but also competing across the country. So that's always super exciting and a great way to um, just like get really close with the team. Um, I'd also like to say like the, the team is entirely student run, like our captains make the music mixes, the choreography, um, and really like get us to such a high caliber of performance and synchronicity. Um, and we're really like, we're quite well known in the classical circuit for this. So it's like a very exciting way to engage with this passion. And I think additionally, I'm also a business manager for the team. So that really allows me to like closely understand the complexities of running a team um, and it's an opportunity to give back to a group that has provided me with a chance to hone this passion um, and a group that's provided me with a lot of incredible friends um, some of whom I actually live with so <laughs> actually live with like my captain and um, somebody who was on the team with me last year um, and finally I joined the Birna which is um, a club that runs Pittsburgh's premier Indian classical dance competition and all of the proceeds of the show go to the Birmingham Free Clinic of Pittsburgh. So, one, I'm really involved with it because Nathan Ma is the host team of Birna, but also because um, it's very close. It, it closely connects like my my passion for dance with like medicine and the service side of medicine as well. Um, so that's basically like how I connect, engage with. Um, dance in that sense. In terms of poetry, I like never took any formal classes in poetry until college. Like of course we had a poetry unit in English, but in general like those those teachers often were not poets themselves. So 
it's a very different experience um, than taking like a formal class focused on poetry. So I decided to take part in like a, a studio course for African-American poetry and poetics. I totally went in there like blindsided because I didn't, I was like silly and I did not know that um, the higher numbers like in a college class, like if you have a 1620 class or something, that's like an advanced level course. I did not realize that and I ended up taking like this really advanced studio class um, and a studio class is typically like the last class you take in a major. So, um, but like I do not regret it at all. It was probably my hardest class of that semester, but it was so fun. I produced like 20 plus pages of work um, and then I had also like a required writing class um, and that was like um, a seminar and composition class um, focused on gender studies but we did do poetry in there and I produced even more work there. Um, oh and I'd also like to mention about the studio it was like it was such a cool experience we had so many visiting poets we did a lot of multimedia work um, we we workshopped each other's work, um, read a lot of different poets. Like that's something I hadn't actually done that much. I like to write my own poetry, but I didn't read a lot of poetry. So doing that helped me understand like how much experimentation I could do. Um, and, and I thought that that was like one of the most amazing experiences I've had. Um, and I actually started an Instagram in college where I could display a lot of the work I produced. Um, in that studio class um, and I created like a virtual museum exhibit when we were in person I actually like set it up in my dorm um, and I had some people participate but now I've like on Instagram it's completely virtual um, and I also took this opportunity to submit some of that work to those reviews and journals I was mentioning um, and then finally like in terms of medicine um, like I'm in a pre-med club we do a lot of uh, we have speakers come in like med students doctors um, advisors in the in the med school um, or just like in the undergrad program uh, they also pro provide me with like a ton of shadowing opportunity and during COVID I've also been doing a lot of virtual shadowing um, I'm a TA for genetics and general chemistry so that's like another way I get a little bit of leadership while I'm uh, still taking all my pre-med classes um i'm doing some virtual research it's mostly data analysis but that's like another way i'm engaging and um just making sure like medicine is still the right fit for me um and then hopefully i'll get to volunteer soon in a clinical setting um but over the summer like over covid i just i got certified as a pharmacy technician so i ended up doing that as like a job for a few months and i plan to do that this summer as well and then just like community service um, via some of those like educational orgs on campus and um, at home, like I uh, helped organize like some food drives at our uh, humble shelter. So yeah, like I'd say with medicine, it's probably more typical because like everybody has to do like the four major target areas of community service, volunteering, shadowing, research. But with the other two, I think they're like the artistic sides, like you can kind of do whatever, whatever you want, whatever path you want to take.
That's great that all of your passions still play such a huge part in your life. I can imagine that art could probably be an outlet for all the stress and other things going on in your college life. So while working on dance, poetry, and medicine, have you noticed any similarities or connections between the three fields? Yeah, um, I'm not really sure about like similarities per se, but connections or at least like that they kind of influence each other. I'd say that that does happen. Um, like in terms of the dance poetry connection, um, I've like written poetry about dance or like the friendships I've formed or maybe like the physical act of dancing. Um, there's a lot of like, there are a lot of cool images um, to use in poetry from dance. Um, I also say like, when I was discussing some of my multimedia work, sometimes I like create a poem and then enact it via dance. So I think that that's also a really cool experience. Um, and I, that's actually like on the Instagram account as well. And then finally, um, yeah, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that those are those are the two main connections. So write poetry about dance or have dance accompany poetry. Um, and then the poetry medicine connection. Um, I think poetry is like a form of building that resilience for a career in medicine, and it's like an outlet, like you were saying. Um, and I'd say sometimes medicine even informs the poetry by providing um, some of those like images. So for example, you could like use the operating theater um, like as a means to convey some like um, some dramatic elements. Um, you could um, use like form uh, from like something science related. So actually in Tyrone Williams uh, book, Howl, um, and I mentioned him a lot because he really experiments with form so well, and I'm so intrigued by that. Um, he actually has like poetry where he experiments with like writing in base pairs, like DNA, um, or like you literally get the, the content of your poem and like the poem is conveying a story that you have from like a medical experience. Um, like one of my favorite books, is um, When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanidi. Um And he's a neurosurgeon who passed away from stage four lung cancer in his last year of residency. Um, and he describes life and then his life and then how he continued to work and lead a life even as his life was coming to a close. Um, it's a really beautiful novel, incredibly sad, but beautiful. Um, and it was written by a doctor. So I also find that um, like even as a physician, I think I'll continue to use poetry as, um, and, and just like writing um, as an outlet and um, like a way to convey the, the important parts of my life. Um, and then finally, I'd say like the connection between medicine and dance. Um, nowadays on college dance teams, there's, it's very common to see a team enact like a social justice story um, or something that's like non-Indian mythology based. Um, so you, and, and I imagine you might actually see a connection with medicine. Um, if there's like a piece centered on abortion or sex change, um, I think a lot of these topics are, are coming now. Um, I've seen in the past, like there have been uh, dowry killing um, 
pieces, pieces on like um, the the Palestinian conflict. Like they're very, very current um, and and not Indian at all. So it's it's very interesting, um, and and I think that's a a very interesting connection as well. Um, but generally, I'd say dance is like another way of building that resilience or being an outlet for Korean medicine, um, and maybe like just like controlled movements might help um, to being artistic um, in an artistic specialty, like some form of surgery or something. Um, but yeah. As a future doctor, I think it's great that you understand and appreciate the interdependence of all of your passions, especially since art can drastically help with patients in their future. So lastly, are there any experiences where art has helped you with your mental health or helped others around you with their mental health? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, yes. Like, as I mentioned before, um, all of my poems are in some way informed by personal experience. Um, I have written about like difficult relationships with friends, family, um, mentors, um, like anything that's just really been hard on me um, and poetry's really been like an avenue to get those feelings out sometimes in my room I'll just like randomly start dancing if I'm feeling down and it honestly like it's not even birth Nazim, it's just like me freestyling something contemporary um, so I definitely say like art has helped me a lot um, and sometimes it's just like I'll have a really long day um, of school and then at night like we'll have dance practice um, we do it like virtually just sitting in the apartment but um, or not sitting but like dancing from the apartment um, and it's just like a nice way to stop thinking about school and do something else um, and sometimes like after that I'm still stressed out because I have work to finish but um, generally I'd say it's just having like a passion outside of whatever you're doing with school is so important um i even like do a paint by number sometimes like <laughs> I'm, i've been working on it the entire semester and it's barely half done but it's just something to take my mind off of school and relax so i definitely say art is helping with my mental health i'm i don't think i can like speak to someone else's experience but but yeah i generally say yes <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Art plays such an important role, especially in the hectic and fast-paced lives we live. And I've personally come to appreciate it more during quarantine. So that was the last question of today's episode. Thank you, Sophie, for joining me today. And I'm excited to see where else your passion for art and medicine takes you. You're such an inspiration to all the listeners. And thank you to everyone who's listening to this episode. And make sure to follow Art with Anvi on Instagram.